Hey C3 family, what a delight it is to be talking with you all around the globe. I love doing these messages, especially this one, because recently I had one of those experiences in prayer when I was in Melbourne preaching with Dan Frecker and Ebony's wife for John and Danielle Pierce. It's one of their outreach, their locations, and that's doing incredibly well. While I was in the hotel, I was praying through the day and I caught a glimpse of the future for you and I. And that is, I saw a showers of rain. It, the vision didn't last long, but I found that I get these glimpses every now and then of dams overflowing, of buildings falling over and things happening that God is about to do. And I have no doubt that showers from God in heaven are going to come upon our congregations right around the globe. In Psalm 72 verse 6, the Bible says, He shall come like rain upon the grass before mowing, like showers that water the earth. The showers aren't different to what God is. God Himself comes like a shower of rain. And I get the picture of all those kids that run into the streets of a drought-stricken area. We used to see it here in New South Wales, Australia. In the outback, there was so much drought and then it broke. And all the kids and families were out in the rain dancing and shouting. They didn't want to be inside out of the rain. They wanted to get right in amongst it and get drenched. So I see showers of the Holy Spirit coming, just great drenching rains pouring over the mountains, pouring over the hills, pouring over the valleys and the plains and pouring over the desert areas. I believe the drought for souls on altar calls is coming to an end as showers of the blessing of God begin to pour out on our altar calls. I believe that showers are going to break the drought on healings and deliverance. We will see many, many miracles of healing and deliverance in the house of God. I believe that any drought there's been on the raising up of youth leaders and ministers and worship leaders is going to be gone. Any drought on the writing of songs or praise, which is happening right now, it's breaking through in all sorts of areas. All of those droughts will be gone and the rains of God are going to flood our land in Jesus' Name. I believe the showers will go to the connect groups all through our movement. The showers will come upon our Bible college training. They'll come upon all the, the growth path, the growth tracks that we have in raising up leaders. And we're going to find people blessed at a higher level in their marketplace ministries, blessed in their finances, blessed in their homes, blessed in their families, with showers from heaven coming all over our movement in the Name of Jesus. Things that we have worked so hard for will seem so easy once that rain from God starts to come. In Deuteronomy 32 verse 2, Moses said, Let my teaching drop as the rain. My speech distill as the dew, as raindrops on the tender herb and as showers on the grass. 
the teaching of the Word of God, the preaching of the Word of God is going to be like rain on thirsty souls, souls that are dying with parched throats and parched mouths from being out in the desert under pressure in their heat for too long. Great blessing is coming on our people. Psalm 65 verse 9 says, You visit the earth and you water it. You greatly enrich it. Everything depends on the rains from God falling for the rivers to fall, for the fields to sprout, for the blessing to just flow through the land. They're relying on rain from heaven as the church does. Then it says the river of God is full of water after God had visited the earth and watered it. You provide their grain. Grain comes up out of the soil once the rains have fallen. For so you have prepared it. Verse 10, you water its ridges abundantly. You settle its furrows. You make it soft with showers. You bless its growth. People who've been hard, cynical, critical against the gospel, against church, are going to be softened by the rains of God's presence. You crown the year with your goodness and your paths drip with abundance. I know that we've been attacked at various times in our individual lives, in our family lives, in our financial lives, in our church lives. But this year, in the name of Jesus, this scripture belongs to you, where it says, God, you will crown the year with your goodness and your paths will drip with abundance. (laughs) What a great psalm. Only God can bring the rain. It is a sovereign thing. We can't do anything to make it rain. You can't jump around and dance around like the prophets of Baal did on Mount Carmel. Simply, we rest in the Lord and allow His presence to bring the showers of blessing. Ezekiel 34, 26 says, I will make them, the people of God, and the places all around my hill a blessing. How good is that? The church will be a blessing to the people all around, to the city that it's in. And I will cause showers to come down in their season. There will be showers of blessing. Showers of blessing. Not just one or two drops, not a sprinkling, not a mist, not a dew, not a, not a, a slight, slight come and go cloud burst. No, it will be showers of the blessing of God overwhelming all those things that have been like a curse on people's lives. Blessings swallow up curses in a second. Jesus Christ was sent to this earth to bring blessing into people's lives. The book of Acts tells us He went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. And He sent, God sent Jesus' His Son to bless you. The blessing of God is wrapped up in Jesus. Receiving Jesus is receiving the blessing of God. Opening up our heart to Jesus is opening our heart up to the blessing of heaven. So for you and I, the question is not, How do we make it rain or what are we going to, is how do we get ready? How do we prepare ourselves today for what is coming tomorrow? Are we ready to harvest? 
Are we ready to actually not just get people to fill out cards, but lead them into repentance and deliverance and baptised in the Holy Spirit? Are we ready? Have we got courageous young ministers who will lead people into baptism, into church membership, into tithing? Because whatever God, whenever God moves, we need to let it morph into lifestyle. We need to house the harvest. Many times we've seen God rain out His blessing and it just got wasted where people were not ready. They just kind of carried on with the services and the, and the, and the worship and the preaching and that was it. But there needs to become lifestyle changes. And people have got to come into the realm of being convinced of sin. Happily, Jesus said, when He comes, the Holy Spirit, He will convince you of sin. <laughs> we need a lot of convincing these days. Our, the people have been told that what is evil is actually good. And they've been told that what is good is evil. The world is very upside down right now. So the Holy Spirit, He is the one who can take that heart, which is slippery as, a, as an eel in a bucket of oil. I mean, it's very difficult to nail that. Only the Holy Spirit can actually pierce the heart of people so that they will respond and say, wow, I have been wrong. When they come into the presence of the Almighty God, suddenly you realise how bad and how far off from God you've been. We might have a lot of information about God, but actually when you meet Him, you'll find that it's vastly different, sometimes polar opposite. The experience of being in the presence of God, the experience of meeting God, Suddenly all those words in the Bible come alive in a whole different way. Instead of just knowing stuff about God, to actually meet Him and we, to get ready for whatever God is bringing, we've got to be able to connect people with the Lord. So they begin to walk with Him, talk with Him and live for Him. If our ground is hard, if we're not prepared, if we don't plough up our soil, and get soft before the Lord. If we remain just like a hard surface, rain comes and we might even experience God in that first moment, but it just runs off. It doesn't stay because there's been no actual channels for it to run in. There's been no softening of the earth for it to soak up and let the seed come out. You and I must get ready for whatever God is bringing. Now, let me tell you a story in the Old Testament, which is fascinating about exactly this story. It's in 2 Kings 3, verse 9 to 11. It says, The king of Israel went with the king of Judah and the king of Edom, and they marched on that roundabout route for seven days. They went round and round and round in a circle for seven days. They're basically not going forward. They were not going anywhere. They were just going round and round. If that sounds similar to you, like when you go round the mountain, you say, man, we've been here before. Really, we need to get into the path that God has called us to walk. And Jesus didn't talk about doing circles. He talked about a pathway, a pathway that goes forward and upwards. And so there was no water for the army or the animals that followed them. They were all dying of thirst. 
Sometimes thirst is a prerequisite for the Holy Spirit to come into our lives. I'd say actually every time. Isaiah said, Oh, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. So I have bothered myself, I guess, with the people who are thirsty and not gotten too bothered about people who are not thirsty. Their day will come, but trying to argue people into a position where they're open to God when they're so closed, it can be a, a, a difficult and it sometimes very ineffectual result because they get it more hard as they convince themselves more against. But when God comes in or else they go in a roundabout circle way and they get so thirsty for an answer for God, then they cry out to the Lord. So that happened in verse 10, the king of Israel said, Alas, the Lord has called these us together to deliver, the, to deliver us into the hand of Moab. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, they made a plan. They didn't ask God, shall we do this? They just said, let's get together, guys, and go to the, find Moabites and go and find some water. And uh, they didn't find water and they hadn't defeated the Moabites. Verse 11, but Jehoshaphat, who's a good king, he said, is there no prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of him? So one of the servants of the king of Israel answered and said, Elisha, the son of Shaphat is here, who poured water on the hands of Elijah. This is amazing, right? Uh, here are these, the king of Israel, who's not a great king. And for some reason, Jehoshaphat has decided to team up with him and go on this journey. But Here's, here's the Israel's king blaming God, saying God's going to deliver us into the hands of the Moabites. Proverbs 19 verse 3 says, A man's own foolishness leads him astray, yet his heart rages against the Lord. It's our own plan, but when it goes wrong, we rage against the Lord. Why'd you let this happen? But we didn't ask Him in the first place. And so it's, it's, a, it's a way where we need to surrender our plans to God, and we will bless Him when He gives us that plan and we obey Him. So one of the first things here that needs to be understood is that alliances without God will keep us in a dry place. The Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat had made an alliance with the king of Edom, who's completely off the scale in terms of Israel and covenant with the God of heaven, and the king of Israel, who was not a great king. And not a good king at all. And so it's a wrong alliance that's got them into the first bit of trouble. And the second thing is ask God what you should do. That, that is how we get ready. Look up and say, how do I get ready for this Lord? And so Jehoshaphat says, let's ask God. Find out who the prophet is. And, uh, and then he said, well, Elisha's here who used to walk with Elijah the great prophet, his servant is here. Who we serve washes off on us. Who we are in team with actually affects how others perceive us. They say, oh yeah, he was with him, so he's good. It authenticates it or the opposite. But choose your friends and that'll predict your future. Choose your friends because that actually enhances or opens doors or shuts them. So he had served the prophet of God for a number of years and now he was in his place. So 2 Kings 3 verse 12, Jehoshaphat said, the word of the Lord is with him. 
So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom all went down to him. Elisha, he was blunt with the king of Israel. He said, what have I got to do with you? Go to the prophets of your father. Go to talk to Baal. And, uh, and so he, he mocks his approach. But then he says, if it were not for Jehoshaphat, I wouldn't even talk to you. But he says, okay, I will because of Jehoshaphat. So in verse 15, he says, but now bring me a musician. Then it happened when the musician played, the hand of God came upon him. That's some anointed musician. Our worship leaders, our singers, right through our movement, are so anointed and blessed of God. I love going into our churches and being in the praise and the worship is always so alive. And I love the fact that the worship leaders have given their hearts and soul to God to lead us in praise and worship. We are so deeply thankful and appreciative to you all. Thank you for getting up early on Sunday mornings and doing rehearsals during the week and writing songs together and, and, and aching for the presence of God and being so enthusiastic when sometimes you've got a, an audience in front of you, a congregation in front of you who isn't quite as enthusiastic. We bless you and thank God for you because when you start to play, the hand of God comes upon us. You are so essential to the release of the message of the prophet and the and the blessing of God coming upon all of our people. And thank you for the sound guys and the lighting people who are also in there doing such a magnificent job every weekend. We are so thankful to God for you. God bless you. And uh, so the lesson we learned from that is organise your atmosphere. Organise the atmosphere in your home to get ready for what God is going to do. He's going to shower His rains upon us. Organize your atmosphere in church. It just doesn't happen. I mean, it doesn't just happen. You've got to actually do things. The music levels, the lighting, the screens, the people on the front door, the smell of coffee, the people out the front waving welcome, the smiles on people's faces. Teach about all of this. And all of us can be an atmosphere organizer. We can be an atmosphere changer. We can be the thermostat. We can, we can actually, um, we, we can turn it up. When we come in the room, we can brighten everybody's world or we could do the opposite. Don't be that person. Don't be the wet blanket. Oh yeah, how you all doing? Yeah. Like, like, let's have joy in the house of the Lord. It's your strength. It's your healing. And so the, the word of the Lord came, up, came to him as the music and the worship played. And he said, here's the word of the Lord. Make this valley full of ditches. Dig ditches. Dig holes. Because there's rain coming and you need to hold on to it. So it just doesn't run away. Man, I admire the, the courage of this prophet. Because he then says, you will not see wind, nor shall you see rain. Yet that valley will be filled with water so you, your cattle and your animals will drink. He said, you're not going to see, you're not going to see clouds. You're not going to see wind. You're not going to see rain. You're not going to see any of it. And yet this valley is going to be full of water. Unbelievable. And, and, and so, and that's like by morning, he saw something in the spirit and he spoke it. He knew it would come to pass. And so the kings, they believed him. 
and they acted in faith. So they started digging those ditches. I mean, the field of dreams was build it and they will come. This is dig it and it will come. So preparation is so important for whatever God is going to do. We've got to do today and prepare today for what God is going to do tomorrow. Even when there's no sign of it. I remember when I first was a Christian, I had the burden to be a pastor. I wanted to be a pastor of a church so badly. It was all I wanted. And I saw that pastors had briefcases in those days. So I went and bought a briefcase. I, I got a piece of my future in my hand physically. I've done that sort of thing many times. Bought something today that belongs in that future picture that I have. And sometimes it's a faith thing. Sometimes it's a prophetic thing like this. You know, that Josephus, the Jewish historian, he tells us that there was a storm three days journey away, three days before. So the answer was already en route. When, Jehosh when Elisha spoke that message, nobody had seen it, smelt it, felt it or experienced it in any way, but it was coming, already moving. So he was prophesying about something that nobody had seen. Three days away, there was a storm. And, and so we, we need to have money ready for what's coming. We need to have people who are ready, buildings that are ready, start churches, prepare leaders, draw up strategies and plans. And if we're on the field, when the ball comes, we're ready to catch it. If we, if we think, oh, I'll just wait over here until I see the ball sort of come down my end, we'll miss it when it comes. God says, get ready. Get ready for all that I'm going to do for you. And you're going to find that as you prepare the way for the Lord, it makes a landing pad for God Himself to come as showers. If we keep up with the play, we are prepared and ready for whatever God is about to do. And then not only will I supply water, the Lord says, in verse 18, He says, this is a simple matter in the sight of the Lord. He will also deliver the Moabites into your hand. By the very same miracle of your provision and of the showers and the rains, I'm going to destroy the enemies. All the stuff that has come against you, all the attacks, all the hatred, all the malice, all the broken down, all the betrayals, all the, the, the accusations, I'm going to just bring an end to it like that. So we need to understand the victory. It's not difficult. For God, it's simple. But it's such, such a profound plan that He has. It is amazing. So we don't understand all the time what we're getting ready for. But we're so glad we did when God does turn up. And then he says in verse 19, you'll also attack every fortified city and every choice city. You cut down every tree and stop up every spring of water in the enemy's land. And, and so finish the job. Not just getting the water, not just defeating the Moabites, but then going and destroying all the places where the enemy has had opportunity to get in. The New Testament says, give the devil no place, no opportunity, no doorway of entry into your life or into the church's life. And if we are aware in the day of victory of any areas through which that's like a hole in the wall, the devil has 
come and attacked us, then we need to take action and block them up, heal the breaches and make sure there's no way for the devil to get in again. So then in verse 20, it happened in the morning when the grain offering was offered. Suddenly water came and the land was filled with water. This is amazing. So all the Moabites heard that the kings, these three kings had come. So the whole army was gathered. And then when they rose up early and they saw the sun shining on the water, the Moabites saw the water on the other side as red as blood. So the rising sun shone on the water and it looked like pools of blood everywhere. And they had just a few years before been involved in a, a skirmish where, and, and it was another act of God, where there were three kings and they rose up against each other. And Jehoshaphat was singing praises and, and these people, they just started killing each other. And there were pools of blood everywhere on that day. This was about three years before. So they thought the same thing has happened to them that happened to us back there. They, they assumed, they assumption, oh, what a, what a nasty thing that is. They assumed on their past experience that this was the same here. It hadn't been like that at all. So in a very disorderly way, they just ran down. But then the armies of Jehoshaphat, Israel and Edom came up boom, solid in formation and destroyed them all. And then they managed to do what God had told them to do in terms of breaking up all their cities, bringing down their strongholds. Like we're told in the New Testament, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of the strongholds of darkness in our lives. So just in closing here, let me, let me quickly tell you the attitude that prepares for God. Number one, be thirsty. If we've lost our thirst for God, let's get it back. Let's get down to the prayer meeting. Let's get into the worship service early. Stand down the front and, and lift our hands and cry out to God, I'm thirsty, Lord. I just want more of God. I want the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 51, 5 verse 1, Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. So you come without money, but you pay the price of time in the presence of the Lord. Number two, have a revival in the Scriptures. Isaiah 55 verse 10 says, As the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud, so shall my word be that goes out of my mouth. So when you come before the word of God, it's like rain coming down on your spirit and refreshing your soul and bringing forth the seed of the Word that has been planted in you into fruitfulness in your lives. Number three, enter into praise and worship. Numbers 21 verse 16, it says, Gather the people together and I will give them water. And in verse 17, then Israel sang this song, Spring up, O well, all of you sing to it. The Scripture says, so they were called to sing to the ground and water came springing up. The power of praise and worship. The elders, they sang together and somehow the power of praise and worship released so much water 
That is where we are traveling in these last days. What began as a trickle in the book of Genesis is ending like a thundering waterfall in the book of Revelation and it's called praise and worship. And we are gonna find extended praise and worship, filling our churches, praise and worship on the streets of our cities, praise and worship in marketplaces, in offices, in, in city malls, all in all, all these areas. Praise is gonna break out all over the earth causing rains to fall down. Number four, two more points. Number four is on Mount Carmel, Elijah silenced all the voices that opposed God. The prophets were all slain, the false prophets. All of the, the voices of the haters, the doubters, the attackers, they were silenced. And I would say, look, we're not gonna actually be able to stop that, but we can stop listening to the voices that discourage us, that take our wind away, that, that dismay us, that, that cause us to doubt and fear. We don't have to listen to that. I know there's a piece of all of us that loves to kind of veer towards the negative, but we need to discipline our soul and say, stay in faith. Stay in the world of listening to the Word of the Lord that brings faith. And the last one is five, where Elijah, he, when he heard the sound of rain coming, he didn't just say, oh, there's rain coming. He bowed himself down and began to pray. There was no, nothing on the sky and it didn't work the first time. He prayed again, didn't work the second time. Third time, fourth time, fifth time, sixth time, still didn't work. But breakthroughs are breakthroughs because we break through. <laughs> and we just go and go until, whoo! On the seventh time, he saw a cloud just the size of a fist on the horizon. The servant saw it. And Elijah said, the drought is broken. Get ready for drenching rain to fill the land. And I believe that if you and I will do what Romans 8.26 says, intercede and pray by the power of the Holy Spirit, we will unlock a promise from God of showers and showers and showers of rain on your congregation, on your family, on your leaders, on your finances and circumstances. I'm praying right now for the blessing of the showers of heaven to pour all over you. God bless you.